Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. So we're going to talk about vision tonight. We're in our Vision Builders series. And if you don't know, that's really our church advancing the vision that we have for our city. It's us saying, this is what we want to do in San Diego. This is what we want to do in Salt Lake or Temecula. This is how we're going to impact Baja or impact Peru or impact every area that our ministry touches. So that's what we're focusing on. But if I looked back to kind of the beginning here, what, there were a, I was broken in a lot of ways when I came to this church. I was a broken person. I had a broken heart. I had had a lot of loss in my life, both just in relationships, finances, and and lost um, my mom and my best friend within a short time period. I, I didn't really feel lovable. I also know that I had, because of that, I had a broken mind. The, the thoughts that I would have, the belief systems that I had, the filters and, and the things that I started to create as belief systems were super broken. And I remember Pastor Matt a couple of times that he go, why do you think that way? And I would go, hmm, I don't know. And that's what a good pastor is. He challenges you on how you think. And, and he, would, he, he helped me rewire and renew my brain. I, I know that when I came here, I had a broken voice. I mean, I could be articulate, but the stuff I would say was nonsense. Um, it, it, was, it was a lot of filler. And I, the, the stuff I would say about myself, the things I would confess about my circumstances, the way I would curse the things I was hoping to be blessed, I had a broken voice. And what, if I had to whittle that all down, it was because I had broken vision. I had, I had believed for things and seen those dreams seemingly get smashed. And so I gave up on those dreams and those dreams really just started to become wishes. And what, what you'll see is that wishes are really just kind of like a Hail Mary, throw something up. And a dream is probably a little bit more than that, but a vision is something you're committed to. A vision is something you're going to say, that's what I want, and I'm going to commit myself whatever it takes to get it done. That's the difference between a vision. It's not some ethereal thing you think of. It's what you commit your life to doing. So tonight, if I was going to hope that you would take anything away from this, it would be that you would realize in the house of God, you'll have hope, you'll have transformation, and you'll have healing, and one of the biggest indicators of that will be you getting your vision back. As soon as I got my vision back, my heart started to heal. As soon as I started to get vision aligned, my mind started to heal. And so I wanna talk about that tonight. The title of my message is Eyes Wide Shut. Terrible movie, seemed like a great title for a message, so don't go home and watch it. I know I told people to watch Fight Club last time I preached. I'm not telling you to watch this movie. But what, what, I, what I would say is the difference between sight and vision is sight is what you see when your eyes are open. Vision is what you see when your eyes are closed. And so tonight, I would ask you, as you close your eyes, what do you see? What, do you, what, do you actually, what comes to mind? Is it fear? Is it circumstance? Or is it the things of God that he's promised you, the words he's spoken over you, the things that you've had in your heart that you've always wanted to do that you're still believing to come to pass? There's a famous scripture in Isaiah, Isaiah 43. You likely would have heard this a few times. 
It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Behold, I am doing a new thing. It says, now it shall spring forth. And then this is the part that a lot of people skip over because they, they want to hear about God making a way in the wilderness. But he says, shall you not see it? Do you not perceive it? What he's asking you is he says, do you have vision? When you close your eyes, can you see that I'm moving in the wilderness? When you close your eyes, can you see the rivers in the desert? He's asking us a question of how much vision do you have? And so my first point is, shall you not see it? It's not really English. I think we would say it differently nowadays, but I would say it to you. Can you see it? Can you see God moving? And if you don't, it's okay. You're in a place like me where you can get your vision restored. The Bible tells us that where there is no vision, the people perish. And what, what I've seen is that if you don't have a vision, the enemy will create one for you. If you look at your social media, you look at Hollywood, you look at a TV, you look at your feed, your phone, everything there is the enemy trying to create a vision for you. He, he's, he's trying to say, no, this is what family looks like. This is what fun looks like. This is what vacation looks like. This is what success looks like. This is what your life should look like if you had it all together. It's, it's a bait. It's a temptation to steal, kill, and destroy. Because he knows, he knows a couple things. He knows if he can take your vision, he can take your faith. Because they're the same. What I see when I close my eyes is my faith. When I close my eyes, what I see is my faith. So if he can take my vision, he's taking my faith. And if he can take my faith, then he can take my hope. Because when I close my eyes, if I see nothing, if I can't see a miracle child, I can't see a miracle home, I can't see my son restored, I can't see my family back in church, then what am I hoping for? Wow. Yeah. Wow. So he's killing your vision to kill your hope. And then if he can take your hope, he can take your life. And we actually saw this a couple weekends ago, a friend of ours that we love dearly that we were fighting for took his own life on a Saturday night. And we loved him, but the enemy had stolen his vision and stolen his hope. The other thing the enemy knows is that the way you overcome him is by the blood of the lamb and the power of your testimony. So if he can take away your testimony, he will take away your ability to overcome him. Our lives are meant to be constant shining examples of the goodness of God and God doing the miraculous in us. That's what they mean when he says the power of your testimony. So when you go out and you say, I was an addict and I was healed. I was broken and then I was healed. I was lost and I was, what I found in the name of Jesus, that is the power of your testimony. But if he can get you to give up on your vision, then you're giving up on your breakthrough. You're giving up on your testimony. So the enemy knows, then he, you, you cannot overcome him. That's why a vision is so important. If we don't have vision for tomorrow, we'll start living for today. We'll start settling. We'll start compromising and will give up that tomorrow is worth waiting for. What, what you'll find, it's, it's pretty obvious, is that your vision is where you'll go. What, what you're driving towards is where you're gonna end up. If you get on the five north, you're gonna hit Oceanside. That's, that's the vision that you're headed towards. So as you close your mind today, close your eyes today and open your mind, where are you going? What is your vision for your life?
Point number two is where do you look? And, and here what I want to talk to you about is how I was able to help renew my mind in church. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says, then you'll be able to test and approve that God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What, what he's saying is when you close your eyes, your eyes wide shut, I will renew your mind by what you look at. He's, he's saying, I will renew your vision by you changing what you look at. When I close my eyes, where do you look? Do you look at circumstances or do you look at the promises of God? Do you look at a diagnosis or do you look at the word? Do you look at Zillow and housing reports and market reports or do you look at the word? What do you go to when you close your eyes? It's, it's one thing to go look house hunting and go prices are high, but when you close your mind, if you still see prices are too high, then prices will always be too high. If I only see... I got blood work done over the weekend and test results came back on Father's Day and there was a number that was five times higher than it should be. And it rattled me for about a second because I realized that all I was looking at was the number on the paper. So I had to get with my wife and get in prayer and say, no, I refuse to believe that there's some sickness in my body that my kidney or my liver or my organs will not work perfectly. And so we continued to close our eyes and say, no, I see myself at 100 years old with my children and, their grand and the, my grandkids. We will live a long and prosperous and healthy life. So where do you look? Do you look at the circumstance? Do you look at the report? Or do you look at the word? Do you look at promises of life? And I'm not talking about what do you look at with your eyes? What do you look at with your vision? The Bible's super clear. In Psalms 121, he says, I lift my eyes to the mountains from where my help comes from. I don't think it's coincidence that everything we do on our phones has us looking down. Looking down, looking down, looking down, looking down, looking down. He says explicitly, look up to me. I am where your help comes from. He says, fix your eyes on me. Look him up, look up and fix your eyes. Look up and fix your eyes. Do not hang your head and do not get down into the reports. Look to where your help comes from. So what, what I found, there's a few just super simple things. I like to keep it simple that helped me get my vision back. And the first is devotion is getting into the word of God. I could not walk through those things based on Pastor Matt's faith. I could not call Pastor Jurgen at midnight and go, hey, bud, can you pray for me? I don't have any vision for this situation. I mean, he probably honestly probably would answer because he's that amazing of a pastor, but that, doesn't, that isn't carrying me to healing. That isn't carrying me to hope. That isn't, that's somebody else's vision for my life and I can't live on that. I need vision for my own life and it needs to be anchored into the word of God. So really, you, you hear this in scripture, but you, the word of God needs to be your foundation. The Bible says that he who builds his house on the rock. So what are you building on top of? That's where your anchor for all of your situations needs to be is your devotion time. Getting into the word and saying, I'm going to hang on to that word through this season. Two is worship. I found, super obvious, the closer I get to him, the more I see of him. And there's nothing for me that gets me closer to God than worship. 
That's why I don't, I don't show up late and miss the first three songs. Because to me, I need that worship. More than I need anything is I need to get as close to God as I possibly can. So worship in my car, worship in the morning, worship with our kids, worship all the time because that keeps me close to him. So I can't lose vision if he's right in front of me. Number three, this is generosity. I find the times that I lost my vision the most is when I was being the most self-centered the one I was living a life just for me. And I found that I can get really close to his heart if I'm about other people. And I'll also not live a small life if I'm trying to impact change for the rest of my community. That's, that's one of the greatest ways you can change your vision and say, hold on, hold on. I have a business that could solve this. Or I have an idea that could change the world. Or I have a gifting for business and I can fund orphanages. Or I can fund whatever the church wants to do. That's radical generosity, blessing somebody's day, making a difference out in the world. This isn't about what we keep in here. It's about what we do out in the world. And that is all going to flow from generosity. Number four is the Holy Spirit. And to me, this, this was the first time I experienced this, that church freaked me out. So I got invited to a connect group. It was a bunch of girls and a couple other people at Pastor Lance's house. And that makes him sound like he was hosting a nightclub. It was actually a connect group. And his wife was there. Um, but they started praying in tongues. And I was like, oh my God, I joined a cult. Like, what is this? But look at what it says in John 16, 13. This is Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So he's going to guide you, counselor. So when you close your eyes and pray to him, he's going to guide you. What is truth and what's not? What's the enemy and what's not? Should I do this or should I not? Is this from you, God? He's going to guide you in the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. I don't know about you, but that to me is incredible. That we have the power that comes of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom that comes of the Holy Spirit, but also the prophetic that comes from him. For him to put visions in my mind and in my heart of things to not give up on. It's an incredible, incredible gift. And the last thing that's helped me get my vision back is God's stories. And that's a principle for men's and women's prayer that Pastor Matt has is that I needed to anchor myself in reports of God moving for me to continue to believe that things were possible. So I want to share a quick story with you guys. So some of you know that um, early on when we were trying to get pregnant, we had miscarriages. And we, you know, we were a little bit older. Oddly enough, doctors call women past a certain age geriatric, which is like a pretty radical word to call like a 30-year-old. Um, but we, we got pregnant like almost right away. And at that time, we had a vision. We had closed our eyes and said, yeah, we, we want kids. We're believing for kids. This is going to be beautiful. We can't wait to have children. And we got pregnant. We went to the ultrasound. We saw the baby. We see the heartbeat. And the vision got clearer. And it was like, oh, my gosh, we cannot wait to meet this child. And we're starting to come up with names and think about the things we're going to do. And, and it was a few handful of weeks after that, Rachel wasn't feeling right. And we went back to the doctor to find that we had miscarried. And that first one, honestly, was 
I don't, not, not, not nearly as hard as the next ones because you kind of start to hear like, well, that's normal. This is, that happens. A lot of people have miscarriages the first time they're trying. And, and it really hadn't rattled the vision. The vision was still clear. And it was a couple months later, get another pregnancy test. And we're like, oh my gosh, okay, let's run back. And, and I think there was a bit of nerves there. And okay, we see the heartbeat. All right, the vision's still there. We, this is our baby. This is our family. This is our child. This is what we've been praying. We've been doing all the right things. We've been calling in our miracle baby. And then miscarriage number two. And, and at that point, you start to wonder, wait, am I, am I seeing right? Is this maybe... Maybe I'm not seeing this. Maybe this is a wish, not, not a vision. And we get pregnant again. And this time I, I'm going away for work and I'm traveling in New York and I get a phone call and I'm like in the middle of Manhattan. It's crazy loud, taxi cabs and fire trucks and, and my wife's in tears on the other side of the phone. And she says, baby, we lost another one. And the third one suffocated us. We had no vision. I, we could, all we could see was darkness when we closed our eyes. And what I want to share with you about that is on the way home, I get redirected to fly through Houston instead of flying direct to San Diego. And we weren't supposed to stop there. And I get back on the plane. And because we got redirected, I have to sit in this middle seat. And I'm super grumpy about middle seats. <laughs> and this guy and his wife sit next to me each on on one side of the aisle and he's starting to talk to me super chippy and I'm just like, bro, I'm not having this right now. I just want to get home to my wife. And he's like, what do you do? And where are you from? And, and I'm like, oh God, I don't want to talk to this guy. And he's like, wait, are you from San Diego? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh my gosh, we're, we're coming to visit. And it turns out him and his wife run this church in Houston and they're putting on this event. And he's like, actually, would you mind giving my wife some tips on places to go and, and how to put on this event that we want to make it super cool for these young adults. And I'm like, okay, dude, I really don't want to talk to your wife. They switch seats and she comes and talks to me. I'm like, well, I'm stuck on an airplane. There's really no place I can go. I guess this is happening. She's a sweet lady, but I'm just not in the mood for this. And she starts talking about her life. And she's like, oh, you know, we're so excited. Our kids are flying out there to meet us. And, you know, there are miracle babies and we have three of them. And I had three miscarriages before I had these three miracle babies. And I start weeping in this middle seat. Pretzel crumbs all over me. And that was the God story that I needed to hear. And it came back home and we had this church rally around us because it was a hard probably eight months before we got pregnant again. And I don't know if the guys have the picture, but now we have two miracle children. We have Emerson Grace and Asher Wild. And that, that is our vision. That's when we closed our eyes, that's what we saw. And praise God and praise this church for helping us walk through an incredibly painful thing, an incredibly hard thing. The, the scripture that we hung on to that we have over Emerson and Asher's bed now is Psalm 27, 13. It says, I would have lost hope had I not believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Seeing is not what you see in the reality. Seeing is what you see when you close your eyes. And seeing visions come true is not giving up on your faith. So last point, point number three. 
This to me is, is the point of hope, is what will you see? If you've gotten your hope back, if you've gotten your hope restored, if you've gotten your vision rewired, if you are now changing where you look, you're gonna see differently. That's what I want you to take away from tonight is that you will stop looking at circumstances and you will close your eyes to see differently. The Bible says God's thoughts are not our thoughts and it says his ways are not our ways. So it should not be surprising that his visions are not our visions. When he looks at your circumstance, he does not see what you see. If we were going to bring this back to the opening scripture to Isaiah 43, he says, forget the former things. To me, he's saying, forget what you've already seen. He's saying, close your eyes. He's saying, do not consider the old things. What are the old things? Everything you saw up until this point. Everything that you've seen up until now is an old thing. Stop thinking about it. He's saying, behold, if you close your eyes, I'm about to do a new thing. I'm about to do a new thing. He's saying, will you see it? Now I'm moving. Now I'm moving. I'm making a way in what looks impossible. To me, this will be the indication of your vision being fully healed is when the impossible looks possible. When the impossible looks possible, you start to see God as the way maker. It's not just a song we sing. It's something you literally believe. It's something that when you close your eyes, you see, you go, hold on, hold on. It should be a recalibration. You walk into a meeting, get a negative report, close my eyes. What do I see? Holy Spirit, what do I see? God, what do you want me to see in this circumstance? I, I see something on a paper. I see something in a circumstance, but what do you want me to see? I see you as the way maker. I see you making a way in the wilderness. I see you bringing rivers through the desert. That's what he's about to do. Three people up there think it's true. Come on. I'm going to put up a slide real quick. To me, what, what I've realized is that faith is what you see in the unseen. And these are just some examples. I want to question you. What do you see? Ask yourself in each one of these circumstances. If you're in the valley, do you see yourself surrounded or do you see the enemy surrounded by the armies of God? I want to ask you, with your walking into the thing that you've always been believing for, do you see giants at the gate, or do you see an entrance to the promised land? What do you see? I want to ask you, if you see something dead, is it that the diagnosis, or is Jesus coming in and saying, no, that's not dead, she's just sleeping. That's resurrection power. When you overlook, like Ezekiel, a valley, do you see dry bones, or do you see an army rising? I want to ask you, when you come and you think what you have in your hand is not, a, not enough, do you see a boy's lunch or do you see radical provision for thousands? You're about to walk into something. Do you see a nine-foot giant or do you see a way to the throne? What do you see when you close your eyes? Everybody could describe Goliath, but when you close your eyes, do you see a giant? No, you see God with you and God for you. So what can stand in front of you? Do you see sickness? Do you see sickness getting worse for 12 years? Or do you see, as soon as I touch the hem of his garment, instant healing. That's the power of the name of Jesus. Do you see just, I might just have just enough to eat, bake a cake and die. Or do I see life changing radical provision? Do I see a mountain in the way? 
Or like he says, if I'd speak to the mountain, it could be thrown in the sea. What kind of faith do you have when you close your eyes? Do I see 400 prophets shouting? Do you feel outnumbered? Or do you see that there is a God that will answer your prayers and bring fire down? Do you see in your mind tormenting spirits? Or do you see that all it takes is an instant call to God for perfect peace? What do you see when you close your eyes? Do you see your mistakes, a lost inheritance, a life failed and in a, in a pig slop? Or do you see the father with open arms ready to restore you? And the last thing it says, do you see a savior dead on the cross? Or do you see a resurrected king? That's how you get faith to rise up in you. That's how you get vision back, is you say, I will rehearse and rehearse and rehearse that every time God showed up, every time there was a miracle needed, never once did it show God not responding. No matter the circumstance, no matter the circumstance, none of those required any momentum. Your miracles require no momentum. For breakthrough, you do not have to see things slowly start to get better for a miracle to happen. That's the goodness of the God, and that's, that's you saying, I will refuse to let my vision change. I will believe in the promises of God. So I'm gonna do two things before we close. First, I wanna pray for anyone who's lost vision. And I'm gonna ask you to stand up, and we're gonna pray together. If you feel like your vision's been stolen, if you feel like... The enemy has taken your past experiences, your disappointment, the fear of what might happen, and you basically, you know when you close your eyes, you're not seeing right. I want you to stand up and we're gonna pray together. Come on, anyone in this room that wants a touch of God, an impartation, a new vision over your life. Come on, church, if somebody's next to you, I wanna stretch out hands and let's pray for them. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are a God that restores and you are a God that brings a future and a hope for each one of your sons and daughters who are here. God, we thank you that your answers to your prayers are yes and amen. God, and we will not see a single one of your words return void. God, I thank you that you are renewing minds, renewing hearts, and renewing vision to see supernaturally how good you are. How, how incredibly powerful and faithful you are. Even when we may lose our faithfulness, God, help those to have more faith, to see your goodness, to see your healing, to see their dreams come true. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I want, in the, in the Termino shirt, I forget your name. Genesis, that's right. I felt like God had a word for you today. And, and for you, it was that this time is different. This time is different over your life. And what I saw was that there was a really uncomfortable season for you, but it was you going through a fire and being purified. And that thing that was inside of you has been removed completely. There is no fear over your life that you would ever have to go back to that thing. The thing has been removed from you and you are stronger than ever in Jesus' name. Amen. I I got time, we got, there was one more girl in the tank top over here, right here, yeah. What's your name? No, you. Yeah. Gina, can you stand? I wanted to pray for you. Gina, I saw, I saw God pulling you out of something tonight. And it's felt like maybe you've been in the valley or been in a shadow or been in something 
supernaturally dark and hard. And what I see God saying is, is I'm bringing you up to the top of a mountain. And at the top of this mountain, you're gonna see that the other side of this thing is more beautiful than you could have ever imagined. And it's, it's the dreams of things being restored. It's you thought you had gotten lost and, and God came on a rescue mission to save you and restore you and bring you back to that place. And what I saw is there was actually others on the other side of this mountain that had been looking for you. And I see you being restored to your family, to your team, and God's saying that you will no longer do these things alone. He's always been with you, but he's also bringing community around you. And, and what's on the other side is the most, I just saw this incredible sunset over the ocean, that just colors and life and hope. And that's the thing that you're walking into in the season in Jesus name, amen. All right, the, the last thing I wanna do is give anyone who's not ever responded to the name of Jesus an opportunity to respond. And if for a second, again, if we could just close our eyes, I wanna ask you, what, what do you see about yourself when you close your eyes? When you think about what, it, what you thought it was supposed to feel like coming to church, when you think about your past, when you think about your mistakes, when you think about even somebody from a pulpit saying the word sin, what do you think about? Friend, I promise you that how God sees you is different than how you see yourself right now. And the Bible says that Jesus, for the joy set before him, went to the cross for you. He says that he so loved you and what he sees in your future is not only heaven, but him healing you and repairing you and restoring you out of the thing that you're in right now. So I wanna give you an opportunity where every eye is closed. If you want that tonight, if you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior and say, you know what? I no longer wanna see what I see right now. God, I wanna see how you see me and I wanna see my future in the way that you purchased it and came to restore and heal. I want you to raise your hand on three. One, two, three. Anyone in this room, anyone that wants to respond and say, God, his hands in the back, hands in the back, hands over here. Come on, hands in the back up here. Come on, hands on this side. Thank you, Jesus, hands on this side. Amazing, come on, we can give a round of applause for that. Come on. I did that almost 11 years ago and it was the greatest decision of my life. And if we could all stand to our feet, Pastor Matt, I'm gonna invite up in just a second, but I wanna pray together to seal that decision. You know, raising, raising your hand doesn't get you in heaven, it's, it's actually the confession of your heart. And I wanna lead you just quickly in a prayer and then we're gonna close. We're gonna open up, I think, the, the altar for some ministry time too. We wanna be able to pray with you. But you just say this with me. Say, Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me. When I close my eyes, I see how you see me. And I receive what you did for me on the cross. I'm forgiven, I'm set free, heaven is my home. And God, use me to use your vision to change the world. In Jesus' name, amen, come on. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. 
or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.